podcast, Members of the Chamber, is presented by Piper Foods and fueled by McCafe. If you're listening in your car, why not stop by one of Piper Foods' five McDonald's locations in Oakville or look them up on any McDelivery service. We thank Piper Foods for their generous support of our chamber and for everything they do in the community. Now let's get started. Welcome, Oakville Chamber members, to Episode 3 of our new podcast, Members of the Chamber. Oakville Chamber members, one story at a time. Members of the Chamber is a podcast where each episode we sit down with one member of our Chamber community and have a conversation. A conversation about their individual, entrepreneur, or professional journey, their job, and how they ended up where they are today. My name is Drew Redden, and I'm the President and CEO of the Oakville Chamber of Commerce. We are broadcasting from the brand new Staples Studio co-working facility located at 320 North Service Road West in Oakville, Ontario, and this is Members of the Chamber. Today's episode of Members of the Chamber is brought to you by the UPS Savings Program. By enrolling in the UPS Savings Program, you can start saving 40% today, no matter how much you ship, when you ship, or where it's going. Just by being a member of the Oakville Chamber of Commerce, you are eligible for these incredible savings. Just last quarter, after enrolling in the UPS Saving Program, Oakville Chamber member Karen saved $24,036.11 shipping her company's products directly to their customers. To take advantage of these incredible savings and to learn more, contact the Chamber at info at oakvillechamber.com. Joining us today on Members of the Chamber is someone whose name and face you may recognize from for sale signs, or should I say sold signs, all across Halton, Carl Wolf. As a lifelong resident and active member of the Halton Hamilton community, Carl's natural charisma and networking ability, market knowledge, and commitment to his clients have been an integral part of his success in the real estate industry and professional community. Having grown up in Oakville and now settled in South Burlington with his wife Erin, Carl takes pride in immersing himself in the community and giving back. Carl is an active member of many of the local chambers of commerce. He is the co-chair of the Mayor's Millennial Committee in Burlington, a member of the Joseph Brandt Hospital Young Professionals Network, a part of the Burlington Chamber of Commerce Young Professionals, and the Oakville Chamber Young Professional and Entrepreneur Group. And in addition to his business-related committees, Carl is an avid supporter of the Halton Learning Foundation amongst many other local organizations. Well-seasoned in sales and marketing, Carl has a Bachelor of Commerce Honors degree from the University of Guelph and 12-plus years of experience in sales management for a range of industries, including real estate, household appliances, and golf, which is another of Carl's passions. Carl joined Keller Williams Edge Realty in April of 2016 and has since established himself as the top single agent in the office. Carl's transferable skills and business experiences are vast. His keen understanding of the real estate market, enthusiasm, honesty, and overall morals make Carl a strong team lead and a value member of the Keller Williams family. Carl, looking forward to this. Thanks for making the time. Uh, So happy to be here. Thank you very much for having me. 
So before real estate, what paid the bills? <laughs> actually, you know, before real estate, uh, um, I actually followed in my dad's footsteps out of university. So okay. after Guelph, my uh, uh, my father actually ran a number of appliance businesses here in Canada. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, seeing the lifestyle and the opportunities that uh, that, that provided our family, um, wanted to go that, that route. And I thought it would be a great opportunity for me to establish myself, uh, my name, even though my dad and I have the same name, but <laughs> my establish a career for myself and, uh, and be recognized that way. I jumped in the appliance business. So I, right at the university, I actually, um, uh, I went to work for an appliance company that, uh, that sells into Walmart, Canadian Tire, Home Hardware. Uh, I was a national account manager for them. Um, I, uh, I spent probably about, uh, three years with them and then um, with and then I joined a, I got recruited to a couple other companies from there but um, for me that's really what paid the bills out of the gate and uh, I loved what I did um, it just wasn't fulfilling uh, the true passion of mine which uh, which is golf and real estate and um, you know while getting my real estate license I uh, I went and actually worked for Clublink worked for Clublink for a few years and uh, you know chased down a passion of mine, which is golf. I played a lot of golf growing up and um, played university golf and, uh, and whatnot. And I just channeled that inner passion for golf as I was getting my uh, getting my real estate license. So was the real dream to walk fairways on the PGA <laughs> Tour? Are you st- still chasing that? No, I'm not that good <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so, you, so you talk about getting your real estate license. What does that look like? What's the process of... Uh, you know, one day selling appliances and then the next day deciding you're going to get your real estate license. Uh, what goes into that? Yeah. Um, well, the reason the reason why I actually went into real estate is I was always intrigued with homes and, and real estate as a kid and growing up. And I always wanted to invest in real estate. That was something that, that I always wanted to, to do, uh, have investment properties, potentially do flips and, and and custom homes and that kind of side. But uh, it wasn't until my brother-in-law and sister bought their first house um, and their first flip that they were doing. And um, I was in between jobs at the time. I think it was actually between real, uh, between um, the appliance industry and Clublink. And uh, I was at their house quite often doing drywall insulation. I really wouldn't touch plumbing and electrical because mm-hmm. you kind of leave that to the pros, but um, got my first taste of uh, getting my hands dirty in, in the real estate world and I just fell in love. And so at that point, I basically said to myself, like my five-year plan is to be fully immersed in real estate. And so um, basically you asked the question of how you go about getting your license. At the time, um, the uh it's basically it's called oria it's the ontario real estate association and you basically uh as long as you have a high school education or a degree you're able to apply but then you got to go through the qualification process do exams and stuff like that but my true passion uh for real estate really resided in in the first opportunity that i had to flip property with my sister and brother-in-law so you talk about uh your dad being in the appliance business um was there any, uh, when you, changing careers, was there, was he fully supportive of that or was he hoping you're going to follow in his footsteps a little more? You know what, honestly, uh, he was fully supportive in, in, in getting into real estate. Um, I would think at the, at the core, he was probably a little bit disappointed that I didn't kind of follow, follow through and, 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 and do that. But at the same time, we had many talks along the way and my parents have always been such support 
group for me, along with my siblings. I have three older sisters, so they've always been supportive with me. But um, I, like I said, I think I, I think he felt a little bit, you know, not disappointed, but uh, I think he wanted me to be in the industry a little bit longer. But like any parent, it's like if you if you know your 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 child is passionate about a different avenue and that's what they love doing, then. And he, I knew that he had my full support for sure. So it sounds like he's one of your mentors in your career. Um, who are your mentors and, and what role have they played in uh, your very interesting career journey? Um, you know what? Yeah, my parents are definitely mentors in my world. But um, and again, uh, my parents are super, super supportive and they're always there for me. But, um, you know, there's there's a few people that have always had my back. My wife, Erin, um, but I also like. Uh, and again, friends, family, people that I'm associated with on a regular basis. But um, definitely my wife, Erin, has always had my back. We always support each other. And then uh, someone that actually not too many people know about, but my Oma. Um, my Oma was like an incredible woman. Um, they came here. Uh, they fled Germany during the war. Um, they basically started from scratch in downtown Toronto. They opened up a butcher shop and... Uh, just basically grew a business that way. And I can't remember them. My mom would probably be upset if I don't know the time, but they probably had, were in business for 30 plus years. Oh. Um, and she's probably one of the most solid and entrepreneurial people that uh, I've had the opportunity to know. But yeah. So that entrepreneurial spirit runs in your family then I Definitely. <laughs> So, sure. so you're established yourself as, you know, one of the top, uh, top agents for uh, Keller Williams here locally. Um, you've so you've started you've successfully transitioned this new career if you could give yourself any piece of advice before you started this journey in real estate what would what would that be honestly um getting into the industry a lot of people think it's going to happen real fast and overnight um it doesn't like anything any new business any entrepreneur most people say that you know it takes a few years to get yourself established um i was a little bit different than most, but in terms of advice, my advice to most people is be patient, trust the process. And as long as you love doing something that, that like you can set out as a career, as long as you love what you're doing, things will happen. It just may take a little bit of time, but be patient, trust the process and know that it will come as long as you're passionate about what you do. So the purchase of a new home is a huge investment for anyone. Sure. What's the biggest mistake uh, you see new buyers uh, make when purchasing that home? <laughs> well, if I want to joke a little bit about it, <laughs> I see some new, new first time home buyers or buyers. If they're not using me, they're, they're obviously that's the biggest mistake yeah, they're answer, making. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, um, if we're talking about first time home buyers, um, and I come across it a lot and it's one thing that, uh, is absolutely critical is, is knowing what you can and cannot afford. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will just kind of go online and, and go and kind of do a pre-approval or something like that and assume they can afford something. And if you don't go through those steps, um, you're truly not going to know exactly what you can and cannot afford. And I've had it many times, like out of the gate kind of uh, previ- to your previous question, is that um, when I got out in the industry, all I wanted to do is take people out and show them houses. Well, if you're showing... 20 people houses and they're looking for a million dollar house and they can only afford a half a million dollar house. You're just like, it, it's not worth your time, but also you're just breaking their dreams. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, honestly, that's probably, yeah, probably what I'd say is 
kind of the biggest mistake is not knowing what they can afford. So you uh, you talk about showing homes to uh, prospective clients. You've probably been in more homes uh, in Oakville and Halton than most people. What's the strangest thing you've seen inside of someone's home? <laughs> um, I see. Touch wood, I haven't had like crazy situations. Okay. I've had a couple situations in like the Hamilton area, which I probably rather not say on the podcast <laughs> okay. necessarily. However, um, kind of in the halt. Put that in the halt. extended cut. Version yeah, put that definitely okay. in the extended cut because there's a couple of goodies that uh, that I can tell you about. But um, honestly, it's been uh, it's it's been pretty pretty lax. I've walked into. A few people sleeping because I work with a lot of investors, not necessarily sleeping with each other, <laughs> but like I've walked into tenants that weren't advised that there's going to be a showing okay. and, you know, they may be downstairs in the basement and even though the door shut, you knock, you hear, you don't hear anything, you open it up and yep, there's somebody sleeping there. So <laughs> yeah, it's tough to kind of backpedal from, from that situation, but um, I'd say that's worse. You get some... You know, some rodent stuff, some mice, some rats been in those kind of situations, which can freak people out. But you kind of, you know, which rooms to go into typically if you're going to have a situation like that. So I'd say probably um, in terms of craziness, um, that's probably the two that have been the most crazy that I can probably talk about about here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So let's let's flip it around, I guess. If you have a client that's selling a home. Yeah. um, And, you know, style is a personal preference to everybody. But uh if someone has, we'll call it interesting style, how do you go about having that conversation uh, in getting that house ready to go on market? You know, it's actually funny you ask that question just because um, it, it does happen often and there are a lot of interesting people that you do come across. Oftentimes, like, again, my, my business has been more referral and repeat and, and being active in the community. So you already have a, a decently established before with with clients however you do get a lot of random phone calls on listing presentations and yeah there are some interesting people that you do meet some hoarders that kind of stuff so it's really tough and sometimes you have to tread really really lightly with them um but one of the uh product offerings that that we do in listing presentations and with all of our clients it doesn't it doesn't vary from one to the next we're always going to have a staging consultation like once i walk into a house i know to a certain extent what needs to get done and what doesn't but i do believe in different professions my profession is managing my clients and getting their house sold in the shortest period of time and for the most i can at the end of the day, that's my responsibility. I don't claim to be a professional stager, um, but that is one thing that I we always offer in our product assortment to our clients is staging, the consultation, and then we assess how much is necessary. So no matter how interesting, if you will, the person or the client may be, we always work through that together and we're always on the same page. It's open lines of communication, but you do have to tread lightly in some circumstances versus others, but... Um, that is one thing that I would say is the, is the consultations and staging um, that really do help uh, the client along, regardless of their extremes. So you, that, you just talked about, you know, you built your business on friends being involved in the community referral network. Um, you've built a very successful following in just a few short years. Thank you. Is, is that what you attribute your success to or, or what do you attribute your success to? Uh, honestly, and this is not uh, to toot anybody's horn, it, everything has revolved around the chamber. Um, when I started at Clublink, 
Um, that was really the foundation to to my real estate business is basically Clublink said to me, they're like, you know, we have our internal people and we have ex- external sales. And so I was external. So my responsibility was generating new business development in, in, in the community. What's the best way to get involved in your community and meet a number of people in a short period of time? become active in the chambers of commerce. It's a great plug. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? It's, it's no BS. It's a hundred percent the truth. Um, if it weren't for the three years that I spent at Clublink networking, I wouldn't be as successful today in the short period of time in real estate than I, that I am. That's for sure. It's good to hear. Mm-hmm. So in your bio or at the top of this, I referenced that people may recognize you from your real estate signs, but <laughs> I'm also aware that some of our listeners may also recognize you from an episode of Wet Wipe or titled <laughs> Wet Wipe on Leave It to Brian. So how did you end up on a home uh, renovation show? Well, I had a feeling this was going to come up. <laughs> uh, um, actually, uh, yes. So um, this isn't the only television show that that we were that I've been part of. No way. I mean, the other one was more of a cameo. Okay. Um, so. My wife writes for a living. She's in marketing and PR, and she has been doing that for, for a number of years now. And um, we had this, the first thing, so going away. So we were actually on um, uh, Marilyn Dennis show. So we had this accent wall in our house that we just didn't know what to do. It was like a mixture of blending rooms, so from our family room to our kitchen. And, like, it just kind of, like, came together. So Marilyn Dennis was doing... Um, I guess an episode on how paint drastically changes a room. Well, because Aaron writes for a living and stuff, she basically wrote wrote in, and um, we basically had a camera crew within <laughs> like a week or two at our house, and it was more so for Aaron. Like I just had a little cameo in that one, but uh, that kind of started um, everything with with at least that, and then the Leave It to Brian episode was kind of interesting because I'm much. I'm sure a lot of listeners are uh, watch HGTV yeah. and know about Leave It to Brian, <laughs> um, but we watch it religiously. And one of the things too is, um, you know, Erin will be upset for me when I say this, but uh, she was always saying like, we, we always want to get our basement done. Yeah. And I just, the, we were in a situation where like I was just getting kind of into real estate and, you know, money was a pretty tight. Yeah. Um, and we were always talking about getting our basement done. So she's like, hey, when do we get our basement done? And I was like, well, how are we going to come up with like fifty or $75,000 just to do our basement? And so we actually um, were in the process of doing some refinancing on our house and stuff like that and planning for possible engagement and such um, and, and a wedding. And, uh, you know, I said, to her, I said to her, I was like, hey, so do you want to go and hire a contractor and spend the next six months working on our property? Or do you want to see what like what it, what the process is like with Brian Brian Balmer and uh and of course she's like let me just do this so she applied and again kind of the same thing like within like a couple of weeks we had oh, an yeah. interview um and then yeah it just uh, unfolded from there but so was casting a rigorous process or was it surprisingly quick honestly it was surprisingly quick yeah yeah it wasn't uh i i, I don't know maybe it was just because we had a relatively healthy budget and we could work with it. I, I don't know. It was, it just, it was very fast. Like everything just, you know, happened pretty quickly. And so on those shows, what are you responsible as the homeowner for 
paying for covering and what does the show provide? Yeah. So if you're, uh, if you're watching the show when they're asking like, you know, when Brian's about to give up his, like say, you you know, you willing to give up your keys and put your trust in me. Uh, basically when he says like, what's your budget? That's the, that's the budget. So we had a budget of $50,000 and that was essentially what we, what we spent. You know, some people have contingency plans and stuff like that, that are thrown into there just in case they want something above and beyond. But usually what, uh, what you're saying is, is what you're paying. And so is there a, is there an out clause like that? That's a, you're cutting a check for 50, 50,000 bucks. And uh, what if you don't like it? Is that So that's the crazy thing about the show. Um, people, everybody asks, like, did you know what room they were going to do? Did you know about this? Yeah. We had no clue. Wow. So you, you literally hand your keys over and say, okay, here we go. Um, we were, can't say we were super, super confident that it was going to be the basement, but we were pretty confident because the options that we gave were the outside. Yeah. And, you know, if Brian ever listens to this, I'll throw him out of the bus a bit, but apparently he doesn't like the cold all that much. <laughs> and it was in like October. Yeah. So it would have stretched almost, almost to December. And so we kind of had a little bit of a idea there, yeah. but then we also only have one bathroom in our house. And so we, we thought that chances were pretty good that he would do the basement. Um, however, when basically the day of the demo day, they get you to leave the house probably around 9 a.m. and they don't let you back until like 4 or 5. And we were we were told to like drive down the street when we came back and um, and we actually had to walk all the way down and they had put a tarp over our carport so we actually couldn't see if they messed around with the backyard. And so we had no clue. We walked around and were just like... Oh, when we didn't see that the backyard was getting demolished, yeah. we were like, okay... <laughs> I don't think he's going to, because again, we had to live in the house. Yeah. So we're like pretty sure now that it's not going to be that one bathroom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, there's no, you really don't have an you're idea. Stuck with it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we could have yeah, backpedaled. It though, right? Oh, it's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay, yeah. We've made we've done some changes because if you go back and watch the show, I was show, just going to ask where can our listeners uh, <laughs> tune in and watch you on this? Oh, here's the plug for HGTV. <laughs> yeah. You can go to Leave It to Brian episodes and it's wet wipe. But wet wipe? <laughs> yeah, uh, which th- the reason for the wet wipe was because we actually um, we wiped the wet bar, and that's what Brian and part of the show when he gets us on uh, after one of the commercials and you know breaks the news to us that we have to, you know. Based on budget, we can't do everything. Um, we opted to to scrap the wet bar. On the positive, we had um, like a bathroom and then laundry. So we had the two sinks. Mm. So we didn't necessarily need a wet bar, a third sink yeah. in there. So, I mean, would it be nice? Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's two feet away, but instead we have to walk 10 feet away. So <laughs> first world problems. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So to wrap up uh, these podcasts, we're asking uh, all our guests to tell us what's the best piece of advice you've received in your career? Yeah, the best piece, uh, actually, there's a a few that I can think of at the top of my head. Um, And they're not just necessarily career advice. It's it's more life advice that I I live by. Um, Treat others the way you want to be treated. 
don't ever forget uh, where you came from. So no matter how much success you have in your career and in life, um, I think you always need to know that you've really worked hard and, you know, things aren't handed you on a golden spoon. So, you know, sometimes you have to work hard. And when you get there, don't forget where you came from um, or the people that uh, that helped you get there. Um, and then the last thing is never give, give never give up because great things take time. Um, that's something that uh, that's kind of a quote that I've pretty well uh, – I I found just when I kind of started real estate and it's something that I live by. I have it on my phone. Um, it's just one of those things that no matter what, just always be pushing forward. Never give up um, because things do take time. That's great advice. Appreciate it. Well, Carl, <laughs> it's been a pleasure sitting down with you here in the podcast room at the new Staples studio. Thank you so much for being our guest on Members of the Chamber. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. Members of the Chamber is our new podcast where we sit down with a different Oakville Chamber member each episode and have a conversation. To our members and listeners, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to join us. If you know someone that would make an interesting guest on Members of the Chamber, please send us a note to info at oakvillechamber.com. We would love to hear from you. Make sure to stay up to date with what's going on at the Chamber by following us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you to our producer and communications manager, Kristen Curry. And last but certainly not least, thank you to UPS for supporting this podcast. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon, Oakville Chamber.